Welcome to Focused on Forward. The purpose of this podcast is to focus on recovery from life situations, be it a disease, chronic or acute, perhaps the loss of someone so dear to you in death, or a change of life patterns that has affected you so profoundly that you have no choice but to find your new normal and become focused on moving forward. Each episode is designed to show the positivity that people bring to each and every one of their stories, the successes they've had, ways that they have become so definitively focused on moving forward. We look forward to sharing their stories, and we hope that they inspire you just as much as they have inspired us. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to Focused on Forward. I'm really excited about today's guest because now I've known his business partner for, for quite some time and I, his business partner has been on a couple of my shows and I've been on his show and we've, we've had a, a great chance to get to know each other. But recently I was introduced to Anthony J. Gonzalez, the author of a book called The Plush Life. Now that Plush Life title is also the name of his YouTube show and podcast that's available on all streaming services. So, but I'm excited to talk with Anthony because we're going to talk about his journey through life, the challenges he went through as a young man in and out of incarceration, and really what he did to start becoming focused on forward in his own life and the journeys that led him to writing this book. So I think we have a very uh, neat conversation ahead of us, and I'm excited to hear what Anthony's story is. But most importantly, like we are for all stories, We're interested in the story, but we're also interested in how he became focused on forward and what he's doing now to continue to better himself. So, Anthony, welcome to the show. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm excited. So if you're ready, tell us your story. Uh, The plush life. It's uh, it came about as a like a letter to my son when I got incarcerated, like I just was writing letters and at some point. I realized that the letters was not making it to him. Like he was not actually physically reading it. He, the letters would get to the house, but it was put to the side, mm. mother, brother, whatever. So I started writing things that I, cause I was facing like years. So I would, and it was a drug conspiracy and everything. So, so I, I started just writing, like I had to reevaluate like I never cared about what person thought about me I, up to up until my oldest was born, like my oldest child, like to be facing 20 years. I was just moving them in with me. So me getting arrested, snap, rearranged all that adjust, that I just got him adjusted to. Sure. I just wanted, I didn't, it, I try to think of how he would, like if I had to do 20 years, like how would he would, he won't know me. He'll know the street person. He'll know whatever I've done in the street, but he won't know the man I am. Cause even as a street person, you still have some type of morals, at least hopefully until you, right. until the streets devour you. But so I just started writing. Like I had to rethink what I thought was right. Like my teachings, like rethink, revisit what I was taught as a child and, not hold it against them, but at the same time, understand that they just might not have had the resources that we have now. And then compare mm-hmm. children in the future will seem like, oh, y'all misguided us. You know what I'm saying? Or y'all told us something and y'all didn't really articulate right. 
how to go about it. It's easy to tell somebody to get a job. And then you go to the same corner store and the same corner store and they keep saying, no, they're not telling you. Go try MTA. Don't go try being a bus driver. It's never those pictures. It was so like, there's so much more to, to go get a job than just what the average child would think. Okay. Good job. That'll make mom happy. She'll take care of me. You know, I think in a quick job, build a, uh, build a portfolio for a better job and just keep moving up the ladder. So I just reevaluated everything, like the friends, how easily that is uh, thrown around, how easily that could play a, a big part in what a child does as a growing up. So right. It was just me, just re, I revisited every aspect of anything that I thought like I could blame somebody for. I wanted to okay. stop because I just didn't want to blame nobody. Like I'm grown. You, at some point you got to realize you just, you, you made choices. It was put out there that if you sold drugs, you go to jail. So I can't blame it on my family for being poor. I still made a choice to sell drugs knowing I could go to jail or end up dead. So once you own your choices and stop pushing it off on your hard, everybody upbringing is pretty hard. It would be easy for every generation to just blame the generation before them. But sure. You, you don't really pay attention to, you don't really self-reflect. You don't self-improve. You don't, none of that comes without actually going to the source and, owning your part so the book was just signed that it was like I, I my son couldn't get these letters and i'm not mailing these letters so i'll write a book and then hopefully i was going to just give them the book until but it wasn't and at that time that's when somebody i had passed it to somebody it was like yo you write all the time all you do is spend all day writing let me check it out and i gave him a couple of chapters and he was like what's this and i was like it's like a like me talking to my son he was like, man, you should put this in the book. And I was like, get out of here. You know how hard it is to write a book, all this stuff. And then when I came home, I was at rock bottom. And it was like, so easy to fall back to the street. Right. And for me, it was very important to end the year feeling like I accomplished something. I didn't feel like I accomplished nothing. Being free, working, paying bills. I didn't feel like I like I accomplished anything. Like that's regular life. And then I just started playing around and checking out how much it costs for ISBN numbers. I wanted to own everything. And I put my first book out in 2016. So when I, this one, it was just more comfortable to have an editor that, uh, that I could like would elaborate what she read and then try to get more out of me. It was that was very crucial to put in the book together. I can't, I, I don't, I don't have it to just. I need to talk to my editor. I need to be able to, you know, I want them to be more involved. So, and it's just something that I live by. Like I just gotta keep. You gotta figure it out. You gotta. I got a children. I gotta lead by example. You know what I'm saying? And my mom's did what she did. She played her hand the way best she knew how my father played his hand the best way he knew how and now I just want to play to my hand the best way I know how and I want to make sure my son actually is involved communication very key 
Like we don't, as parents, sometimes we just provide, we don't really communicate. I learned about articulating your words and speaking mm-hmm. clearly and making sure it's not a misunderstanding. It's just, it was just a journey, man. I'm just knowing that I could have went to jail for 20 years was just like, that was like, to me, it was like the end of the world. That was like my rock bottom. It was okay. like, figure it out or you'll be back. So let's let's talk about some of the things in your young life that may have led you to the point of accept, thinking that this was an acceptable path. What got you to the point of thinking that, you know, um, I'm going to, hey, I'm going to go sell drugs. You know, because typically it's more than just the kid going, hey, that looks like something fun to do. Typically, there's other factors that contribute to either them feeling like that's the only choice that they have to go do, or they see it as a way to, as to just, you know, get money quickly. At the time, I was very young. And uh, unfortunately, there was a lot of prostitution stuff, like within the house. Okay. Things, drugs, everything was going on within the house. And I was the oldest of four at the, at the time. I think it was four of us. <clears throat> and I'm in, I want to say that at junior high school. So it was like, I got to take care of my brothers and sisters. I'm tired, like knocking on the door, asking people for food to feed them while my mom's and everybody is gone doing whatever drug activities and anything. And then some days you wake up and it's just prostitutes in the crib. So I just was like, and then I had a friend that his brother, like literally was like, how they say it on TV, like, yo, look at this. And he's showing us these little rocks. He's like, this is money. And I was like, well, that's the shit my mom's gonna be using. And from there, it was kind of like, I got to take care of my brothers. I got to do whatever I got to do. And then once I relinquish, once my family, the relatives that came in to save us and take us out and adopt us and everything that we had to go through from my mom just left for like months. So, and after that, I was just in the street. It was, okay. no, and it wasn't like once my brothers and them was good, it really was just, I was, I was already in the street. Like it was just there. It was felt like it was just meant to be. It wasn't nothing contemplated. It was actions like mothers using drugs, no food in the house. Somebody presents an opportunity. I wasn't fashionable. I couldn't, I was young. I couldn't even travel alone. So it wasn't about accumulating money. It was just make enough to pay whatever I could pay as far as within the crib. I never was like, focused on paying rent because I didn't even want to be in that situation. Right. I, and then after that, once they got taken care of, I just didn't want to live with nobody. Like I had a little, uh, it, it drove me to a dark space. Like nobody cares. So it's all about me. Like people tell you they care. Your mother tells you she loves you. She care. You're a baby. You're the favorite. And then you just do that. Like, I didn't understand the whole process of how the addiction started. I just know that that was the way I looked at it. Like, I'm over there raising kids in junior high school because, you know, nah, just, that kind of like, like, made me, push me away and just the streets was like, all right, cool, the streets don't care about me, but at least I know. Okay. 
Yeah. Being misled by loved ones telling you they love you and then actions displaying something different. So it, for me, it was just, it was always kind of like mental. It always played with my mental. It wasn't like the average. I see a nice the drug dealers with the nice cars and I want to sell drugs. It was never about the materialistic stuff. Okay. So it was, for you, it was, it was about survival then? Just getting from point A to point B and, and taking care of you and the things that mattered to you? Okay. Then after I, I, once I got, once I left, once everybody, the brothers were safe, then it was just, I'm already here. So it wasn't even nothing to think about, turn back, reconsider something. Like I then stay in the house with them. They was all safe. I'm in the streets and I'm going to travel and I'm going to figure something out. And it led to me going to prison a couple of times. Okay. This wasn't the 20 years. It wasn't. It wasn't even that, because like I really was at the end, like I already had transitioned to where I had a landlord that uh, that had a lot of property. So I was gutting it. Take, so I was transitioning, but they say once you win, you win. So a conspiracy could bring you in no matter at what time you change your life. Right. Okay. So talk to me about being arrested what was the mental and emotional impact now you said the first couple of times it didn't have the same impact but now here you're you're sitting looking at 20 years you're looking at a, a big change to your life your lifestyle everything it impacts everything so what was the emotional and mental impact of that and why was it different i think for the first time i actually was happy with where I was in life. I was happy with, I'd never been anti-work. It was just, so I'm always willing to work. So it was just, I was ha- I was working. I had a girlfriend that for the first time, if it, it, it didn't feel like an obligation, if that's the way to say it. Like, I didn't feel obligated to like, like she was just the person that was like my the perfect equal or partner so okay how i finally found somebody that understands me we don't i don't have to learn a new language the relationship language i had like we just came together it was like perfect and then with that me getting back into my son's life about to have him living with me the pet the co-parenting was good mm-hmm. it was like her like all through life like that's what it was like that's that was my happiness like it wasn't everything i did while i sold drugs like i think that was like obligation i'm a drug dealer i got a party i gotta do this right coming home to a family which is something that i lost in my head as a child that i never dealt with i never really dealt with that i do have family and I got to learn how to be cordial with the family that made mistakes. And I learned how to forget. It's like so much they expect on a, as a, as a child, when you start getting, when you start walking through life, nobody tells you how to internalize everything. They always seem like there's a simple, if you're stressed, this is what you do. If, if you haven't not, no, some people have to like understand some people want to understand why. The question why drive a person crazy for the rest of their life, searching why, which would keep you from going forward. 
because you're too busy trying to figure out why. You just gotta accept what you know, accept what you. I'm not. There's mad things that it's not like the family members that partook in that lifestyle ever even sat down with us as at any age, even after they 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 completed their recovery, even that while still in recovery. There's never been a topic to address that. Okay. You know, I think that yeah. would at that that ball it, it's it's tough. Like when you look at the mental aspect of certain things, it's tough. It it, it I could have been that could be like a minor form of mental health. Mm-hmm. You you trying to live life fast paced, whatever is going on in the everyday life, and then still trying to figure things out from your past while being in the present while planning for the future. Like, it's just a lot. Like, it's not. Oh, yeah. It's a lot. So, but yeah. that's what it was. I was happy. I think I think that made me like I was happy. All the other times I went to jail was nobody out for me. That's how my attitude was. I'm coming home to the same people. Nobody cares. They smile when they see you. They don't care when you're gone. So to have the, the little things that I always wanted, like I've always been, I always pride myself in family. It was just, I was following the path of right. a different set of hand, a different opportunities, different things was different. Whenever, and my mom was born in the 50s, I mean, 55, 65 or something like that. Mm-hmm. It was different. The, what they had the options of and what I have the options of is just too different. So I had to realize that you can't live on the past thinking you're going to take care of the future. Like right. you blaming the past is going to get you to your future. It's not. It's going to get you to stress uh mental health uh not knowing how to love not knowing how to receive love not knowing what's love i went through a phase of like the whole time incarcerated i went through a phase of i studied myself i didn't want to like it i didn't want to just be in there jailing and when i came home i just knew that i kind of like lost my first son in a way right because I can't blame her for how she dealt with the situation. We could all have done better to make sure that the bond didn't get totally messed up. Right. But I'm not here to blame nobody. I, my part was big enough. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm saying. Now I'm expecting her to focus on him knowing me in prison when she got to deal with regular life. Right. Like, you just can't be unselfish and unfair like that. And then I just figure it out when I get home. Like I, I reached out to him. It's still a little strenuous. I think it's the more the, the most part is just not knowing how to like get him to understand it's okay to get it off your chest. I'm, there's no repercussions. Like you have, right. Right, you have a right to curse me out, tell me off, tell me how you feel, because I don't want that to be the reason why you fail. And that was just that's just my that was that was all the con that was like my main focus when it came to this book was just, and to let the world, like, let people know, like, drug dealer or not, man, I have, I, I may not knew how to go about it as sooner than later, but I still have morals. I still not, I'm not heartless. Right. I'm, I'm saying like some people, everybody, 
in the drug world is not heartless. Everybody in the drug world sometimes it's just lost. Like that's family. Like just trying to get by. I'm not even talking about those guys. Those guys are just doing it because they like the fancy cars. I know <laughs> about like the ones that end up in the drug world by unfortunate circumstance. Not right. not by choice. Not by like, I mean, at that age, man, I would have did anything. We all young and we all successful, like open. You you more vulnerable to ideas and stupid stuff like that when you are younger. Right. And then being having it go on in your house. I mean, I I, I could have it could have went worse. I could have came out being a drug user. It's true. Very true. Could have been an angry person and just attack all drug dealers, like drug people. Right. Many different outcomes that would have came from that child, that upbringing. So it was just nice for me to share with my son. Like, I don't think I ever told nobody these like this. This is what I was thinking. This is what I was dealing with. Mm -hmm. Like, it's how I figured out how to deal with it. So that even with me and my son having a strenuous relationship, read it and, and figure out your way. And then we could come together and sit down and hopefully the book is what it's going to take for us both to, for him to like be more open to just hear my side or just to hear my story or just read it. Yeah. You know, I, I will say this. Uh, one of the things I I've gathered from this conversation and, and I respect the hell out of it, out of you for it is that you're not willing to push blame on other people. A lot of times when people go through situations in life, they look for the cop out, the easy out, the, how can I put this off to it was somebody else. And I was a, a fault of circumstance or, or whatever. And even if you were a fault of circumstance, I, I still don't think that that's what you're blaming things off on. You're accepting uh, your own role in it and, and your own part. In it. And I, and I love the statement earlier that you said, I'm a grown man. I have to accept this and I have to move forward. And, and so I think that's wonderful. And I think it's a great example uh, for, for both of your, your children there for them to be able to see that, Hey, dad made some mistakes and uh, yeah, I screwed up. I did some dumb things, but here I am. This is how I'm trying to fix it. Cause really that's all we can do, right? We fall down. We can either, we have two choices. We can either lay in the dirt and stay dirty, or we can get up, dust ourselves off and try to move forward. Those are our choices in life. And I am so proud to see that, that you chose option two. You chose to stand up, make something of yourself, dust yourself off and move forward. So let's talk about the process of moving forward. How did you choose to become focused on forward in your own life? I actually... Well, prison definitely made me realize that my choices wasn't right. <laughs> so I had, so, and I just, it feels good to like, I think I, I was carrying a lot as a child, as a teenager, as a young man, I think I, I carried a lot. And in the seat for family, I accepted anybody that was like, that I call friend and wants to be like family. So now, Without and then to be disappointed again, revisit, rehash what I went through as a child. When your family turned like seems to like abandon you or turn their back on you. So it was then I realized it was just me. Like my my 
my family name, the family name, passing it on to the next generation. The like, I gotta, I have to look forward. I have to figure this out. I have to, and I just, I knew one thing was people, places, and things. And I definitely removed myself. Some people say, I'm not the person that can sit around the same. Like, I can't be put in that same position. Okay. So that's a huge temptation. I'm not going to tell a drug addict to go sit in a room full of drugs. So I'm not going to sit there and go back to where it's so easy to get back into the negative. So I had to relocate. I had to understand that with relocating, it was going to be more expensive because I'm relocating. Now I got to travel back and forth. So it was just... What are you willing to, like, I had to realize what it, what do you stand for? Like, what does a person stand for? Like, what what morals will I take a stand on? What values will I take a stand on? We always quick to say, oh, morals and values. Will you take a stand on that? Right. Sure, if this is what you believe, then stand wholeheartedly and don't tap dance on it. And I believe that the only way for me not to go back to jail or to end up dead was I had to do what I never was afraid to do, and that's work, not be worried about how I look, not be worried about the clothes I'm wearing, the cars I'm driving, not worried about what nobody thinks. But then you could stand in a crowd of people doing a little better than you, and they're your equals, because I don't care what you think, I don't care about your clothes, I don't care about your money. As long as we could speak respectfully to each other. And, and that right there is what I like. That is my thing. If I run into, if I even when I meet new people, once I yeah. see their respect level wavers, that probably be like the last time we communicate. <laughs> my uncle, Fair enough. You know what I'm saying? That was my hardest thing with podcasting. It was just my uncle always be like, yo, reach out to somebody for an interview. And I was like, dude, so they could tell me no. Like, nah, I ain't doing it. And he's like, yo, you, I'm like, dude, my bad, but I ain't going to be online just reaching out to people and nobody answers and none of that. And it was, and that is what, to this day, I'm still working on. Yeah. Like, well, it's a mentality that's been ingrained in you for years, you know? And so that may be something that you have to work on for, for quite a while. You know, uh, you know, we all have our, our little things, our little quirks and things that make it harder for us to do the things that we en- actually enjoy doing. You know, the, the fear of rejection is never easy for anyone. And I think for someone who has, um, you know, like for myself, I have, you know, abandonment issues with my natural father. And so I hate for people to tell me no. And, you know, but I've also had to learn at some point, if that's the worst thing that they can do to me is tell me no, then I'm going to be okay. Right. You know, but it, it doesn't mean that it's easy, any easier to accept or, or move forward with either. So. And I thank my uncle for that because he actually knows me. So not as a partner, I'll take care of stuff he, he ain't thrilled about taking care of. And he'll take care of the stuff I ain't thrilled about taking care of. And we don't I, I'm never gonna tell him no, because I know that when he says somebody wants to interview me, I I know his I I follow the work. I know that he's doing good. Like really, really, really doing good. So Yes, he is. It's good to have him to know who to plug me in with. So it's not 
I'm on some serious time and you plug me in with somebody I just want to joke all day. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like he knows <laughs> who I am. So when he says, yo, he's good, I set it up. There you go. And for those of you who are wondering who the uncle is, that's uh, oh. Will, that's wise, Will Otero. Uh, check him out on Stuck in My Mind podcast. Uh, I'm recently had uh, Will uh, released an interview that I did with him on his show. So that's that's actually out right now. But uh, yeah, Will's a great guy. Um, still, you know, I like to tease him about the fact that he beat me out for the the best mental health podcast. I know. <laughs> <laughs> we joke around about that. Uh, so, you know, even if he doesn't bring it up, I bring it up. I'm like, yeah, you know, hey, I lost to this really great podcast this one time. No, but if I had to lose to somebody, I, I, I'm pretty, I'm pretty happy I lost to Wise. He's, he's a good dude. Yeah. So he's definitely been we've been through a lot he's witnessed me go through it he's always been there when i went through it i mean my grandmother his mother fought was my foster mother after the tramp the whole thing with my my mother so like we like brothers so he's seen cool. it sometimes he don't understand the way i think and but lately he just like we talk and he he's like my he balances me out every time i feel like i'm was like thinking even the way I used to think. I That's cool. Well, you know what? We all have to have somebody in our in our back pocket like that in our life. Somebody who's there to to help prop us up, direct us, guide us. You know, especially in times when maybe when we're unsure of where our own footing is. Uh, so that's awesome that Will can be that way for you. Um, so let's let's talk about your show for a quick moment. We introduced that in the beginning, the Plush Life. So talk to people about your show. What's it about? You know, what do you do on there and and let people know about it a little bit? The plush life. I mean, well, the plush lounge, the plush, plush lounge. lounge. Excuse me. Yes. You can find it on YouTube. Um, You can find it on all major platforms, actually. Uh, It started with COVID. Me and Wise finally got together. And I, I, I started with like freestyle Friday or freestyle. Yeah, it was freestyle Friday. And. I just spoke everything that was going on through the whole 2020, all the inconsistencies of the polit and the politics and mm -hmm. like away from like the political political, but anybody could call bullshit when they see it. So <laughs> right, right. Whatever my opinion was on it, I would share it and then I would share how I understood. It was just I got used to just it was like therapy for me. It turned into therapy for me. So everything, yeah. everything was live. We didn't pre-product. We didn't rehearse nothing in the background. Like you jump on my show, everything was live. So in the beginning, it was a lot of like dead, dead space. So I never, I didn't, I stopped putting it on the podcast platform because of that. Because if you're not watching and you don't see all the theatrics, then listening to the way it was, I wasn't satisfied with it being. Sure. And now, like, finally, like, Wise didn't start mental health. Wise was part of the Freestyle Friday, and we just got it off our chest. We was locked in. We can't see each other. Yo, let's talk it. Whatever we, anything with stocks, I was sharing stock tips. I spent, like, three, four months studying the stocks, sharing it with the peep viewers, telling them, like, I'm not a stockbroker, but check this one out. And I pointing sure. out, you look at it. Now, the plush life is going to be more 
respect the game. It's like the plush life, respect the game. Okay. Respect the game is trying to get people to understand that these, if you respect any lane that you are in, really, really respect it, then you shouldn't have nothing, no fingers to point at nobody. But mm-hmm. just like if you respect the, like, I say like, and I, you always use the re- relationship reference, everything else I'll say, because it's going to be hot topics. But I'm in a relationship. I'm a drug dealer. I was a drug dealer. Any female that I, was attracted to me as a drug dealer, me wanting to make money, cars, party, any girl that, that thought that they would be able to contain me or make me a house, Never a husband, the mis- misguided ones, they blame me for it not working. But you're going to a drug dealer that you know is in the streets, that you know that they say it to this day, money, cars, and the H word. Right. You know I'm saying so if you say money, cars, and this, and but you're now you're trying to confine me to yourself. Like, and when you think about it, you you're taking a guy that left everything to go hang in the street with people that might not care about him, chase money, put his life at risk, and then you want to control that from home as a girlfriend, a wife, it's, it's insane to me. Like, you shouldn't be, you ain't, if you ain't a drug dealer, girl, you shouldn't be messing with a drug dealer. Because you're asking a drug dealer to do stuff that you, you expect from a man that don't sell drugs. You are, you are, you're calling him immature, not grown, because he won't think like a guy. Mm-hmm seeking a relationship he's like he's thinking like a drug dealer so you're not actually res- so now you it's for the people to look back at themselves and really reflect on that like me being a drug dealer telling y'all want a wife i'm lying every time i go to a club i'm gonna there's somebody there's people that's gonna want me to go home with them mm-hmm. so why even play my why even lie to myself like i want a relationship when i really don't it's like to make respect the game is just own your choice. Right. Take all the blame from everything. If you own, if you really sit down as a mature adult now and say, my baby moms ain't no good because when I went to jail, she didn't keep me in contact with my son. You're not respecting the game. You can't force that. You can't force prison on nobody, not your mother, your father. Nobody, you, you are putting too much expectations on people. And then you 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 can't move forward because you're always gonna blame people for not doing stuff for you if you realize I can't be mad at her for not putting a hundred dollars in my account every week while I'm in prison. She's living life. I'm right. living it day, and I could barely put a hundred dollars in my bank account. You want me to put it in prison account? Now respect the game. Like uh, now I understand, like, but I've always understood. But for the majority of people, they still don't understand that. I say game, but it's life. Like life is a gamble. Right. Any one of us could walk down the street and something bad could happen. You're not guaranteed tomorrow. So it's to me, it's a game that we're playing. We're playing survive until you until you die. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like that's that's I how get it. I, yeah. Yeah, like that's how I look. So and I don't think people I think people need to really start owning. So respect the game is gonna touch on relationships, it's gonna touch on the drug dealer aspect, the cur- anything. Any topic in the news, when I listen to it, I I go to see where 
who didn't respect the game. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just so it, as bad as some things are, when you look at it, there's, 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 there's more people that need to be held accountable than the people that you blaming or that I'm blaming. Sure. You know what I'm saying? And I'm, I'm, not, yeah. trying, I'm not trying to fight the government. That's another one. Respect the game. You are not going to win with the government. Like, let's stop. No. I mean, you could speak your mind on it, but tread lightly because do you want that attention? You can't win. So you got to no. know, you got to know, and you got to respect that aspect of the game that you can't win. A lot of people don't think that they can't win. They think they're going to figure it out. And not by yourself. As, a, as we unite, as we come together, as we start really understanding that part of the game, that united we stand, the, the thing that's on the dollar bill, united right. we stand. If we don't understand that, then everything else, dude, I respect the game. I'm not here to tell nobody you're supposed to be sticking together. I'm not here to tell nobody you shouldn't stick together. I'm, not, I'm just saying, together, I've seen things happen. Alone, we all, we, I mean, alone ain't fun. <laughs> just being rich alone ain't fun getting to being rich ain't fun if it's alone you're gonna end up like respect the game it, right it, and that's that's just that's my new lane that i'm i'm all right embark on when i get back to the plush lounge i like it all right so i got two questions for you Anthony, I ask every guest who's been on Focused on Forward these same two questions, and I'm curious to see what your responses are. The first question is this. Looking back over the entirety of your experience, what is the single greatest lesson that you have learned? The single greatest is that no matter how many people take advantage of my kindness and my the burning desire to have that family, no matter how many people don't understand that, never change, never become them, the other people, never become like who you are, you're in a good space and you're doing right, you're living righteous. If, if you ain't, I mean, if you lose a friend here, there, you shouldn't try to like change. I'm not, begging friends i'm not begging for family mm -hmm. begging for love so i'm gonna be who i am i'm gonna stand on my morals i'm gonna stand on my integrity i'm gonna and it's I'm, as long as it's just then i'm i mean i might just get taken advantage of a couple of times and i do my therapy for my anger management so i don't punch people in the face for stepping on there you <laughs> go fair enough man fair enough <laughs> They said this is a process. I mean, it sucks. Hey. Gotta, it's, at hey. least I know. At least I'm willing to go to therapy. At least I'm willing to understand. Absolutely. Good people like to be a good person is not bad. Like to be a, mm -hmm. a very good person to to want to have to want to live in peace, love, unity, success, and be happy is not something that you should give up on. You're just gonna have to do a lot of changing like soul searching and then adjust. And That's then all right. Let that speak to the people that may still like this. I confuse people are shocked at mad things that I do now. Like they still think they still not. It took them a while to respect this path that I'm on. Mm -hmm. They always like, nah, I thought you was just talking that because you're on the podcast. 
I'll be like, nah. <laughs> no. This no, is not, not a gimmick. It. And I say it on my podcast, like, this is not a gimmick. I am not being this person. They're like, this is who I am off camera. This is who I am on camera. Depending right. on talking, talking to determines the tone. Sure. The tone is the only thing that might change depending on who I'm talking to. And lately, I just, I know how to like remove myself from situations where my tone might have to get elevated. Like, or if they, I'm not gonna, I'm not here, I'm not a debater. So once, once, I, once we, I see that we enter in the debate in the arena, then I just remove myself and sit back and enjoy the debate. <laughs> there you go. There you go. All right, cool. So now here's the second question. Now, the second question is very similar to the first one. Looking back over the entirety of your experience, what was the single best piece of advice that you were given? I was given some advice. I think my the the single would be my aunt, uh, wisest sister, who told me when I was gonna change break the cycle. Mm-hmm. I was gonna break the cycle of the men in our family. Like most of the men in our family has been in and out of jail. Most okay, family's been in it, in the drug world, and this last bit, she actually I. I talked to her one time because she sent me a letter. And in it, it was just, when you're going to break the site? No, we talked because it hit me different standing there in a room full of a whole bunch of other men talking on the phone, trying to get everybody to, so you could hear. And I was just, and I'm, I didn't understand what she meant by the cycle. And she just was like, when are you going to break the cycle? Like, we losing the men. We losing men to the fan. Like, mm-hmm. we're not enjoying losing men to prison or to the drug game when will you break the cycle and i think that hit home with me that might have motivated me a little more with the plush the plush life book because believe me my ghostwriter i gave her like 200 pages of emotions okay 200 it was really like a die like literally telling my son about every aspect of his family how I viewed it. So, and she broke it down into what I would say is a, a good read in the world where attention span don't go 300 pages no more. Right. <laughs> like, you'd be lucky if you get somebody for an hour. I'm, I appreciate anybody that's a subscriber. I don't, I don't look at nobody's numbers and take it for granted. Because one, exactly. one subscriber listening to an hour of me I'm gonna keep giving that one subscriber hour of me, no matter what the the yep. The Give them everything you got. Yeah, so that's breaking the cycle. I think that's <clears throat> that. That lit the fire under making sure that I stayed on this path that I'm 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 on now. All right, awesome. So, if people are finding interested in finding out more about you, about your book, what is the best way for them to be able to do that? Uh, you can find my book on iBook, Kindle, Amazon. You can also DM Real Wise. I don't know the Facebook link, but you could DM, DM us at Real Wise Productions. I mean, the Real Wise Facebook, Real mm-hmm. Wise Instagram, and that'll get you uh, delivered. I will, I will personally autograph your book and sign it and send it. There you to go. 
All right, cool. Shipping. (laughs) 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 Gotta say free shipping. But uh, and you can find me on the plush life. It's gonna begin. I'm I'm gonna take this month, really get my stuff focused. Got a couple other things. Just want to really get everything before I give. Because I don't want to have podcasts and be half it. No. I say, I say towards the end of the month, it would be the first episode would be a Thursday night live. I don't have a date yet. Okay. You follow us. You could go to realwiseproductions.com. Uh, you could go to realwiseradio.com. I mean... You could go to Boppy underscore J73 if you want to interact with me directly. And where was and where is that on the Poppy J? That's uh IG. Okay, that's on Instagram. Perfect. Yeah, because that's the only app I keep them on. And that was a key thing too, removing the apps from your phone. The world is different when you don't gotta look at your you're phone. Not t- when you're not tied to Electronical device. Mm, I get that. I've rem- it's been almost wow. It's been almost like six months where I just I got I got everything I got Facebook and everything on my computer, but Instagram is the only one that the stories on the computer don't work. Mm-hmm. Posting, so I keep that one because people don't really try to talk to you a lot on Instagram. Right. They just like. Yeah, for the most part. Facebook, they just want to give you mad conversations and their opinion. Sometimes you just want to post something. It's just like it or don't like it. <laughs> yeah, face Facebook can be the the uh, just a drama filled thing sometimes. Yeah. So, so I do the and I'm on LinkedIn. Anthony J Gonzalez on LinkedIn professional page. All right, cool. All right, well, we'll put a few of those links down below and we can make sure that people uh, can have access to your book. We'll put a link in there for the book as well. So I'd like people to be able to check that out. I think you have a great story, Anthony, and I really wish you all the success that uh, that we can get. So I, I love your energy. I love your spirit. And I wish you nothing but the best, sir. That is peace. All right. <laughs> all right, guys, that's going to conclude us today for Focus Time Forward. Be sure to go check out Anthony J. Gonzalez and all the links down below in the show notes and give him a follow and buy that book. Take care, everybody. Well, that concludes another episode of Focus Time Forward. To be a guest of Focus Time Forward, you can reach us through Twitter at Podcast FOF, through our Facebook page named Focus Time Forward, or through email, Forward at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing each and every one of your stories that has yet to be told. So until then, be safe, be kind, and be loving to one another as you stay focused on Forward.